Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you're here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of Sober Gratitudes. I once was an active alcoholic, and after decades of failed attempts to control my drinking, I finally reached out for help. Letting others help me is why I'm here today, living a life I never thought possible. The suffering of my past was the catalyst I needed to find recovery and be receptive to healing. I created this podcast out of the desire to recover out loud and, with the help of my guests, show you how a better life is possible after addiction. Whether you have been here before or you are a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. Together, we can help those in need. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I am really grateful to be your host of this podcast. Whether you have been here before or you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for joining us today for what will be another incredible episode about the miracles of sobriety and the hope in recovery from alcoholism and addiction. My guest today is Erin from the Instagram account Sober Pilates Mom. Erin is a wife, a mother, and a Pilates instructor who got sober in February of 2016 after 20 years of drinking and drugging, which led her to a year in and out of the hospital with severe liver disease. Her condition was so severe that a priest came. Yes, a priest came in to prepare her for death. So crazy. Today, her life looks very different. Having a baby girl who was nine months old And by the way, she was told there was no way she could have a child. Another miracle. After meeting Erin in a Sober Mom Squad Zoom meeting, she and I connected over Instagram. Erin is passionate about recovery and felt compelled to share her story on my podcast to help others and offer hope. So Erin, welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that you're here. We met um, on sober the sober mom squad. Erin, um, it's really I, you're really involved. Like I'm get, I'm I'm getting there. I'm going to be start hosting a Thursday every other Thursday night meeting. But I know you've been doing that for some time now. Yeah, correct? I've been doing it about a month now. The Saturday um, night meeting, depending on your time zone, um, 9 p.m. Eastern, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's just such a great way to connect to women from all over. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of Zoom, right? We get to, you know, of course, sometimes we miss in person, but it's really great to be able to connect with people who you wouldn't be able to usually. So yeah, Sober Mom Squad has been really great. I really appreciate the community. Yeah, it's an amazing community and it's women, it's moms um, and sober curious moms or moms who are looking to get, you know, it's really, the this community is really just so authentic. And every time I go on to a meeting, um, the women are just so real and so honest. And the leaders, I think the leaders are amazing women themselves. 
You know, they're not in it for like celebrity. They're really in it to help others. Like most definitely. I know I, they help everyone who shares. They have some great tidbits, you know, like it's like a mini therapy session really. And everybody's so supportive and everybody's story. I was a little like at first thinking, well, I was, I became sober before I had my child. So will it be for me? But it definitely is. So it definitely is for anybody with any inkling of sobriety or motherhood right you know no matter what what um capacity that is right Wh- wherever you're at i mean if mm-hmm. um i have you know i know the listeners know that i have some time in 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 sobriety and I'm, i have three teenage sons but i still feel like a part of and mm-hmm. and there and it's wonderful to have like when when there's people who are counting days or struggling you know it's so great that we can be there for each other and um help each other out and then form relationships and and be supportive and i mean that's what we have to do these days when we're living in this global pandemic i mean it's that's crazy definitely. and mm-hmm. you you and i are kind of in the heart of it um in america that is i guess mm-hmm. You are more so, I guess at one point, New York City was, I mean, just like out of a movie, right? It really was so desolate. I mean, I wasn't going into the areas like, you know, the well-known like Wall Street, Times Square areas because we weren't supposed to, but I mean, nobody was there. You know, I saw in the news, it was just, just frightening, just so sparse. And then all the hospitals were just spilling out. They had, you know, people with bodies. Um, you know, not knowing where to put, but I mean, it's just so horrific. And the weird thing, not weird, but the thing is I had my baby March 10th. So the shutdown happened about a week after five days after whatever. And so I was on a weird maternity leave, you know, I mean, it was just in quarantine with a newborn. And I mean, in some regard for me, it worked out because I had to stay home with her anyway, but I mean, it was frightening. And of course I wouldn't wish this on humanity at all but it was just it worked out weird timing wise for me yeah that's really interesting tell me more about that um because I didn't really think about that until just now is how you literally had your baby girl when it was announced by the president that we had to be in quarantine so talk more about that like how did that impact your sobriety at all were you like like Mm. what was that like you know, it did not, in the hospital, it was nerve wracking just because I was right on the cusp of letting, having my husband be in the room. So it was, they were starting to get strict about, let's say running out and getting food or, you know, having multiple guests for us, luckily or unluckily, it's just us in New York. We don't have other family. They live in Seattle and in, and in Arizona and Utah and stuff. So we, but So it was scary thinking, oh my gosh, my husband won't be able to be here, but he was. And then, so that was fine. We came home on the 13th or 12th and immediately the lockdown happened the 16th, I think, the official lockdown. So we every day watched Governor Cuomo on the news, give the alerts, the numbers, the death rate, the death, you know, it's heartbreaking all while I have a newborn in my arms and I'm like, you know, I'm a 42 year old mom. It's a new thing for me. So life was just totally different. Sobriety wise, it was, I, you know, I felt strong with sobriety. If anything, you know, I mean, it was helpful. I mean, it didn't, there was nothing triggering about the time. I can see, I know a lot of other people had a lot of, you know, I can see being alone, being secluded. 
I was just very wrapped up with being a new mom though. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. a, yeah. Have being, being, becoming a mom for the first time. I mean, that's, it's such a huge, um, huge change. <laughs> right. Yes. And you know, we have no help. Like that's the worst part for me is not being able, my child has still not met my parents and it breaks my heart because they live in Seattle and you know, they have not felt comfortable traveling. They're in their seventies. Well, 69, 70s. So, um, you know, it's just, it's been really hard in that regard, but part of it, we're proud. We've done this all alone, like no babysitter, no friends come over, no aunts, uncles, nothing. But then again, it's, it's sad. You know, we do so much FaceTime, but I just, you know, it's not the same. No. Yeah. Well, you know, for, yeah, it's not the same, but for your daughter, do you feel like she's able to develop a relationship with her family members that she can't meet in person? Kind of. I can see her react to the screen and the voices. So that's, it's pretty cool. You know, at least she, she does light up sometimes when, you know, we try to adjust the little screen and she hears like my mom's voice and my dad's voice and stuff. So, and then, you know, we've had some amazing time. Obviously I feel so blessed to have spent every waking moment with her. So yeah. we've definitely, bought, I didn't have to go back to work, which I was nervous about how that would all work out anyway. So, um, but yeah, I think she resonates with the voice and the FaceTime a bit, at least. That's yeah. great. And now you have this, the, the group, the Sober Mom Squad, where you can get that support. Um, and exactly. um, did you, you were, is Pilates your profession that you, you instruct? Is that your vocation? Yeah. Yeah. That's been my job for many years. Um, right when I, when I was having the baby, I had branched off from teaching in studios. So it's always been a job with the element of hustle. So you go to different studios um, and I like worked at Equinox and some other private boutique studios. And then it turned out that I was teaching more privately, like, like people in their homes, um, renting studio space and, you know, having a client come there. So it's, yeah, it's more, more into that. So, you know, in that manner, there, it's not a job with maternity leave. It's an independent contractor kind of job. So that did leave me pretty scared about what to do after pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so I'm still in that flux of like, what am I going to do? But it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day at a time. Right. Yeah, all good. <laughs> good. Well, you know, I want to touch on, um, kind of the more serious aspect of your active addiction um, and the liver disease in particular. Mm -hmm. And I know we talked about this before recording, and I think it's really important mm -hmm. to discuss this. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never had anyone on my podcast um, who was in a situation of your nature mm -hmm. where you were literally mm -hmm. in and out of hospital, severe liver disease. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? How did you know you have ha had it? Did it was it the was it the final straw that helped you to quit altogether? Let's just talk about that. Mm -hmm. No holds barred okay. right off the bat. So so all of 2015, I was in a hospital in and out probably 12 or 13 times. I had the first symptoms of liver disease probably in 2013. I was living in Hawaii. I had I was diagnosed with fatty liver. Okay, so that's I was becoming kind of sick to my stomach. I was puffy. I kept drinking. It did not make me stop, but I had in my head, I need to stop. I knew it then. I knew it before then. Come 2015, I had moved back home to Seattle. Um, when I stepped off the airplane, my dad started to cry. This was November, 2014, because I was so already yellow and puffy and just wow. 
looking really um, sick. Um, I did not, uh, just as a reference, I didn't stop finally till February, 2016. So this is a long time. Um, I was throwing up every morning, but I was shaking. I was severely addicted already to alcohol. So I had to have alcohol all the time. Otherwise I would get extremely sick, throwing up, shaking, um, hallucinating. So every morning when I would wake up, which was middle of the night, like 4 a.m., try to get to the store, get the alcohol, shake, you know, I'd have, my, have to have my husband help me get it in my body. Otherwise I couldn't even move. Um, but then, so then New Year's Day 2015, I had had so much on New Year's Eve. It has nothing to do with partying on New Year's Eve. I just had drinking a lot. And I ended up in the hospital um, with a blood alcohol level of 0.6 something. Wow. It's severely high. I, the nurses don't know how I survived. Um, I went to a detox center after that. In the detox, it was, you know, it was so horrendous. It was the worst experience. You know, you're just, I was hallucinating. I keep bringing that up, but hallucinating, shaking. So I exited the detox center and I was not ready to stop yet in my, you know, I wasn't healed at all, not one ounce. So I started to go to outpatient instead of inpatient, which is just, I was thinking I can do this. So, and I got a job, I got another teaching job and I kind of faked it my way through for a little bit. That didn't work. I got drunk while teaching, got fired. Got it. I did it all again. I got another job. I held these jobs for a while while just drinking, using, and you know, it comes to a point where then I couldn't do it anymore. My tolerance had gone up, 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 and then it plummets. So mm -hmm. what happens is your body is so sick that you take one sip and you kind of black out. Whereas before you could drink a whole, I was drinking like, I don't know, a gallon of vodka a day from morning to night. And you know, so I was, then the symptoms started really ramping up such as extended stomach. I'd have to go get my stomach pumped yellow. I'd have to go in, you know, cause just what would they give me? I don't know. I'd have these severe fevers and they would just give me, I don't even remember, but things to help the fever come down. Um, I would throw up blood. Um, so this happened off and on. And I was kind of drinking, this is just a blur. I was drinking, not drinking. I was so sick that summer of 2015, I was on my mom's couch, like pretty much the whole summer. If I would have a fever, she'd take me to the hospital. I don't even think I was drinking that much because I could barely walk. But then I was waiting for a bed at an inpatient. So I finally went to an inpatient waiting for my, for my state insurance from basically, I think I put my name in in January got in in August. Um, it was only a 21 day program and they almost didn't let me in because I was so, so sick. I brought along with me all this prescription vitamins and all this stuff. I had a bag full of pharmaceuticals, not necessarily, it was more like these high doses of folic acid and all these vitamins and this stuff called lactulose, which you drink that flushes your system out to get the, called the bilirubin down. It's when your liver sends toxins into your body. So I finished the 21 days. I had at least that time without drinking. I came home, it lasted a little bit. I was still, I just wasn't in a good program of recovery yet because I went back and I guess what? I got a restaurant job. I don't even know why. I just was still, I'm so, I'm so sick. And I saw this job opening and I said, well, I used to do that years ago. I could make some money and start a normal life again. Just, I just wanted to be normal again and fine. Well, I started drinking of course immediately and 
it sent me into my last hospital stay, which was 10 or 11 days in November of 2015. And that's when I, you know, the priest figure came in and talked to me about death. How do I feel about death? Um, oh my gosh. Well, I know. And told my husband, I probably, you know, for him to prepare for me to not be leaving and almost thank God I was still so sick in my head because it just seemed kind of just not real. I was just like, okay, kind of almost flipping about it in a way, but I, you know, I left and I survived. I survived it. And I, I still didn't get sober till February, but my drinking was safe at that point. I just started sneaking little bits and pieces here and there mm -hmm. while going to meetings, while kind of quote unquote being sober. But then February 9th, I'd been enrolled in another outpatient program. And what happened is I woke up and I couldn't be around anybody because they would smell me, even if I had a sip. So mm -hmm. my husband would know, my mom would know. I was over the line. I couldn't hide it anymore you know after years of hiding in the purse and whatever um so i took a half shot of vodka february 9th i went to my outpatient i took the shot at like four in the morning went to this outpatient um meeting and they actually suggested that i try this certain medicine and um it's you know i, I took a medicine that for a couple months that helped um i can talk about that later but i don't want to like say medicine because you know but um, and I took it for a couple months, and um, so that day, February 9th, that's what I count as my sober day, because I, that mixed with the meetings I'd been going to, and maybe a placebo effect of the medicine. I don't even care, but it saved me the culmination of not being able to hide anymore. And no, I mean, I, it finally hit me that I almost died, mm -hmm. so close to almost dying, that I remember just like I chose something to look forward to that day, and I remember that day I was gonna go get tacos with my husband. So I'm like, okay that I'm gonna do sober like that's one thing and then I started just like stringing those things together um to to maintain my sobriety but anyway so that's kind of it in a nutshell <laughs> wow. and and a miracle it's a miracle today do you the obsession to drink is it there no it's not there and that's I mean I think that day it left it lifted because wow. It was so strong even till you know that day you know and then it was gone and i mean it is it is a miracle i mean yeah. there is no other you know no other way to say it it was a miracle like i can't even i'm so yeah i haven't had the obsession to drink and for that i am just so grateful yeah that's amazing <laughs> for the amount you were drinking for how many years you went on with dealing with liver issues and mm -hmm. you know people would think you know, like normies out there, norm. Mm -hmm. And when I, I've used that term before, normies mm -hmm. are the people who don't have the problem that you and I have, which is we mm -hmm. take one sip and we, mm -hmm. we just keep going. We can't stop. We don't have the off switch. Right. Um, and normies think, look at us and say, oh my gosh, if you have liver disease, of course you're going to mm -hmm. stop drinking. But, you know, obviously that wasn't the case for you. That makes sense mm -hmm. to me because I understand alcoholism and addiction. Right. Um, and you do as well now so bring us back i just want to hear a little more especially for the listeners anyone who's listening in the new year if this if this, this is going to be an episode mm -hmm. that comes out you know january uh, end of december early mm -hmm. january 2021 for people and people are going to be doing their new year's resolutions mm 
-hmm. they're going to say, okay, Mm -hmm. this is it for me. I'm going to stop. Like, what, what do you, can you describe, like, I know you said it's, it is a miracle. You don't have the obsession to drink. You're Mm -hmm. not quite sure what, what was like, describe the feelings you had in the midst of your addiction compared to Mm-hmm. how you feel today in sobriety? Um, let's see. So I think there's, um, you know, a sense of calm now that I have, cause I'm not living in that chaos anymore. Um, I will say, you know, of course, yeah, I wish I stopped sooner, but I, everything is meant to be for some, for some reason, you know, of course. Um, but I, I was so, I didn't know how to live without it. I didn't know, you know, I started drinking when I was probably, you know, whatever, 15 or something. So I didn't, I don't know. So um, I have more confidence now. It's a regrowth period though, for sure. I mean, I'll have five years, but it's still, I mean, you know, I'm always growing and learning, but I mean, the differences, yeah, would just be, I'm more gratitude, more kind of living in the, in the now and just being grateful for, I don't know, you know, I can pay my electric bill on time. Just normal things is so nice. Just, yeah, I think the difference would be not living in the chaos and the lies, you know? Yeah. But living in more honesty and, and gratitude and kind of being more present. Yeah, I, I that understand that. Yeah, I understand right. that because I remember, you know, in my active, and I can identify because I did not realize just how chaotic my life was while I was mm-hmm. in active alcoholism. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do drugs, but I, um, I dabbled in them, you know, in college I experimented, but you know, really wine was my drug of choice. And mm-hmm. I do remember, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, my life is a mess because of this person, that person, that person, that person, mm-hmm. because this happened to me, because that happened to me, because this happened to me, 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 victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. So that's why, mm-hmm. you know, I'm drinking. So it's everyone else's fault. Like the alcohol mm-hmm. isn't the, the fault. Like I deserve to be drinking because, and you know, because I've right. had to, de- I have to deal with all you crazy people. And then right. I got so hurt, I realized, right. wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, let's turn that yeah. finger back and put that, it, you know, not that I was not that I'm like saying that you have to become very hard on yourself in sobriety. Cause mm-hmm. on the contrary, I think we learn how to be um, more kind. compassionate with ourselves mm-hmm. if we have it work a good program of recovery to realize that you know the drinking was but a symptom exactly you know, it was what we used um to you know to numb you know numb the whys you know numb, right and and um so so you started young like i did mm-hmm. um yeah and i you know i believe it stems from a feeling of inadequacy um when i was 12 when I was 8 to 13 I was like four feet in middle school when my parents were divorcing so it was kind of a um, hard time that would I try to think about this a lot like what was my trauma why did I start I was always just painfully shy and then I was made fun of a lot like in middle school during this era when when my my mother stopped drinking when I was 15 but you know during that so I think I always just you know never felt good enough that whole that kind of thing and it just I only felt confident when I was using only, you know, for years and years and years. So it takes time to kind of re, you know, find who am I and, oh my gosh, people might actually listen to what I say or, oh my gosh, my opinion's valid. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you, so let's talk about, I love talking about recovery. I mean, I look, look at you and talk to you and I'm like, I can't even picture you being, you know, a drug addict or alcoholic, you know, with liver disease and looking jaundiced. Like that's, that's just 
you know, and that's what happens to us a lot. People just can't believe it. But so, um, what have you learned? What, ha what, t talk about your growth in sobriety as a human, as a, as a, as a, as a soul having this human experience. I think a lot of, uh, like you were mentioning kind of before, perhaps maybe a blame game, like, oh, you know, woe is me, but now taking more accountability for things. Um, and yeah, it's not being so hard on myself, but, but rather if I do something wrong or, you know, mess up, it's okay. It's not, I don't need to go cower and like hide myself for it. I just own up to it. Um, I'm just so much more, I mean, I know this is sober gratitude. I am more grateful like of everything, you know, before things, I would just kind of assume I should get this just because, I don't know. I just, I feel so, um, well, first of all, I'm so grateful for my physical health. Like the contrast is there were so many years that I felt like shit for so long, every day, all day, that being present with the body and mind to think clearly, it's just, you know, it's so amazing that yeah. sometimes if I get in a bad mood and, you know, we do ang anxious or something like that, then I really try to hone back into that. So I'm able to go to those places of being so happy that I'm alive, really. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but. No, no, not at all. Okay. I mean, I look around and I see like, like you said, you wouldn't picture me with jaundice. I, maybe I should get post a before picture because it's pretty crazy. I don't have many pictures because I didn't take, I, you know, I didn't like what was going on at the time, but I have an apartment I love. I have a daughter and two dogs and a husband. And I would have, I would have looked at my life before and thought, oh my gosh, I really, really envy that person, you know? Mm -hmm. So now if I, if I start envying somebody, I have to really rein it back in and think, remember, you know, that quote, remember what you wanted, what you currently have. Like, that's one of my favorites. Cause it's just, I don't know. So, you know, as far down as you go, you can, you can obtain the things that you want through sobriety. And it's not about the things. It's not about my apartment or, you know, but just the fact that we're all happy and we have a nice place to live. And I don't know. <laughs> it's so grateful. Yeah, I can see it. And, and I see it at the, in the meetings that you're in and, and um, that your, your passion when you first reached out to me, reached out to me and said how you're just so passionate about recovery. And, and that's what happens for us when we, we cross over that, that bridge and, and get to the other side of the addiction um, and, and, and it, and it is truly a, a miracle that for those of us, you know, who, who get to this place that we just want to shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> right. And also it's like, I, you know, I do want people to note, I, people might not relate. Some people might relate to the liver disease, to the, that extreme. But the other thing I just want to make super clear is that nobody needs to get that far, you know, right. you know, like maybe it's important to say my first symptoms were a little bit of like being nauseous in the morning from drinking or, you know, everyone gets that being kind of puffy and yellow, like get your liver enzymes checked. It's not a bad thing to do because if you can catch it, if you think you might have that, why not get it checked to know sooner than later, you know? Right. Right. Cause the liver does heal and it, it does like mine live mine healed. There's a little cirrhosis on it still, which is fine. You can have a little bit like anyway, but so that I just, you know, I'd want to make it clear that 
you don't have to get so far to stop and, and find sobriety, you know? Right. Because you could have, you could have died. I mean, you could have, yeah. you really, it was one were... of those, like the nurse, I had this liver doctor, she was a nurse practitioner and she, I kept, when I kept relapsing, I would see her and she, she works with alcoholics. So she would see it all the time, but you know, she, she and I had a relationship. I never thought I'd have a relationship with a liver doctor, but you know, she was rooting for me and rooting for me oh. just to live, you know? So it was so, it's just a very sweet relationship. And Do I'm you still so talk to her today? Could, you know, I, I don't, but I need to reach out to her. She's in Seattle. I'm in New York, but I should yeah. reach out. I did reach out to another doctor I was working with at the time. And she actually referred me to a fertility specialist in New York who I went to, but we were, this is another one. We were about to start IVF. I just figured since I'm 42 and I, I hadn't had my cycle after sobriety for two years. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, and being told my, I was kind of just done. So I, but then when it, when I started having my um, menstrual cycle again, I thought, oh my gosh. So I was referred to a fertility doctor, went, was about to start IVF and I got pregnant naturally, like a week before I was supposed to start. And I, it's just beyond <laughs> oh that's so so awesome and so like my thing is like I used to go for ultrasounds for my liver and I still do once a year but then I was yeah. going for my baby and it was just like so drastically poignant and beautiful and I mean I'd be in those rooms kind of crying just because of the dynamic the dichotomy of it and so that's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I mean, I'm so, I'm so, so sorry that you went through that liver disease, but I'm so grateful to hear that you, that you, you, you survived it and you survived it for a reason and you survived it mm -hmm. to tell your story. Um, I know there's people, you know, people have reached out to me who, um, have had like scares where they mm -hmm. say, Oh my gosh, I went to the doctors and they said there was issues with my liver. Should I stop drinking? And like, mm -hmm where I am now, I'd say probably the best thing to do is stop drinking, but you know, really it, it has to be the person who's, who is sick. Right. Addiction. They have to be the one to really decide, um, you know, it, it right. you know, for me when I decided to get sober on my, like, that was my decision. It was the, it was, it was great right. that I, I was able to make that decision for myself. And I feel really proud about that. But, um, you know, as I, I don't know about you, Aaron, but like the further I get away from my active alcoholism, the more I'm like, damn, like mm -hmm. I really, cause I was puffy. Like I do a before and after mm -hmm. on my Instagram too. That it's like, yeah, a, right. I was so puffy. And I, mm -hmm. now I wonder, I'm like, was I starting to have issues with my liver at that point? Like I hadn't been to the, the doctor mm -hmm. in so, so long. Mm -hmm. Um, always lied to the doctor about how much I drank. Uh, right. So, so now, I mean, what else for you has changed aside physically, you're doing much better aside from the fact that you have this beautiful baby girl. Um, and what else can you say has changed for you in sobriety and has been a gift? Would you say a blessing? Um, I'm feeling like there's, I'm living with so much more honesty, like living with in, in addiction, everything became a lie. Like even if it was a small lie, um, there were some bigger lies too that I'm definitely not proud of, but the small ones, you know, where are you going? I'm not going to this there. I'm actually going to go to the liquor store, you know, little things. So now it's so nice having nothing to hide, you know, that's just yeah. amazing. So I can teach my daughter and I don't have to feel any shame that I'm 
lying, you know, or hiding anything. Um, and I just, I feel like I can form more true connections mm -hmm. and real connections with people. Um, and yeah, so I just feel like that those are two things that have definitely changed before. I feel like every connection was more of a frontal kind of just what was for me type of relationship, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of maybe party friends, which turned into, I was such, I turned into a solo drinker, but um, you know, everything was just out for me, selfish. So now I feel like less, less, less selfish and more like, I just want to form connection. And also I can be, um, I can be proud that I'm like living in my truth and I don't have to like put on different faces for different people. I you love know? that. Oh, I love that. That's such a freedom. Like when you don't have to morph yeah. into somebody else to make somebody else feel comfortable, you know, exactly. you know, around you, like that you can just be true to who you are and maintain mm. that consistency among all people that you totally. And it's like, if they don't like that, then that's okay. I think too, is a big yeah. thing. Like realizing that's okay. Like you are not going to vibe with everybody and that's, right. you know, that that's completely okay. Whereas before I think I would always just freak out like, well, maybe they don't like me because of this, this or this or, but it was, you know, head tripping a lot back in those using days, you know, right. for no reason. So yeah, it's just, it's so freeing not to be a chameleon, right? Like put on yeah. a different mask. For, yes. Oh, I feel like this person wants me to be more energetic. So I'm going to pretend like I'm like this, whereas I'm really kind of a chill person. So why don't I just be that, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. I love to hear that. I mean, it's such a relief. And that's what I, I always want the listeners to hear. And here, yet again, I have more evidence through Aaron today that, uh, that it's a, it's a relief to be sober, you know, because right. there's so much more that comes with just, you know, the drinking um, and the mm -hmm. liver disease. It's also in, in, in emotionally and, you know, in our heads, you know, we, we have this thinking issue of, you know, like people pleasing and the guilt and that and all these drama and trauma and, and collision and conflict. Like a lot of that, if, you know, I, I don't know how you got to that place where you, you kind of made that shift. It sounds like you had a pretty significant psychic and personality change. Um, that's my Mm -hmm. how I see yeah. your experience I could or you know I don't know how accurate that is but um it I sounds think it like was coming back into myself like first of all just clearing my head you know like yeah. and that sounds kind of cliche but it literally like they, there's the wet brain that happens when you are drinking too much and your brain gets foggy like you can't yeah. think straight literally and um it's when the liver bilirubin like the toxins swirl around in your brain. I think, you know, I'm not a doctor, but it's something like that. So after all that stuff cleared and I could really kind of come back to who I am in my soul, you know, cause I wasn't sure for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a long yeah. time, you drank for a long right. time. Um, yeah. That, that's amazing. A miracle. It's just such a miracle. Um, so what, when you think about your future, I know you have some, some goals and aspirations that you've th been thinking about. Tell us about yeah, that. I do. I've always wanted to share my story and, you know, I always feel drawn to kind of go, like I volunteer to lead the meeting, even though I am, I'm pretty shy. Like I get kind of nervous, um, you know, but I, there's a couple other things in the city I've done that regarding um, recovery and I just volunteer for it. I'm kind of like, ah, 
but um and then it turns out being so fun but so i just i think having my daughter push me forward into just doing these things instead of waiting till the time is right mm -hmm. so i'm gonna start a like a life recovery coach um, program and i'll be you know ready to help people with that coming up pretty soon and i'm making a website for my sober pilates mom um soon oh, and nice. also i i took the last year and a half and i was in a course for a memoir writing course so i actually have a rough draft of one i just need to like work on it a little bit more and kind of hone in so that's there's that amazing oh that's great yeah so, so you i just want to continue helping people i love helping people with movement pilates i used to be a dancer that's what i love to do but i you know i always just I want to, I want to help people with recovery because you know, it saved my life. So. And with your Pilates, do you think you will incorporate like, so, will your sobriety be incorporated when you teach Pilates? Yeah, I would love, my dream would be to offer movement, recovery, help or life kind of stuff or both. Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, maybe come up with some kind of program where people do a session with half and half or once one day a week, one another, you know, some kind of packages where they could choose what they like or kind of see what suits them like you amazing. know the client yeah and um yeah i just i've been putting it off wanting a little bit but maybe not i'm having a baby you know i had a baby and yeah. i did write a rough draft of a book so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so finally it's gonna hopefully come to fruition with this kind of extra step of helping people so i look forward to it yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'd love to hear that. I love pot doing this podcast because it's such a gift for me because I get to hear these incredible stories of life transformation and, and I'm such a kind of like a rose colored glasses kind of person where I, where I want the world to just be peace, love and happiness. Yeah, and, me too. <laughs> and so, you know, I'd like to show, you know, through this podcast, how, you know, what you were, you know, you were sick before, like, you know, no judgment, mm -hmm. you, you were sick, you were, you were mm -hmm. spiritually sick, you were, you, you were active in your disease of addiction. Mm -hmm. um, you were, you were saved, you know, you were yeah. saved. In the throes of addiction and what you're contributing to the world now is is that like that peace love and you know that like yeah. non-toxic like you're not you don't have toxins in your body anymore you're not putting mm -hmm. toxins out into the world on the mm -hmm. contrary you're, you're doing the exact opposite you're making connections you're a part of communities mm -hmm. um you're raising your daughter in sobriety which wow what a lucky girl she is yeah i'm so happy about that that's a beautiful way to put it the toxins in and out that's so great yeah thank you so much um yeah yeah it's uh, it's such a blessing to be able to talk to you sarah thank you yeah. so much no you. i mean yeah. yeah your story is amazing and and i i really am so excited to see what comes for you but you seem just very you're a very peaceful person and kind of um someone who's seems to be very you know open to how life unfolds for you and and the, there's no like intent that's that's something that i notice changes too with people is that like you know that the mm -hmm. people who are in active addiction they're kind of like stressed and tense and ah, and that's definitely yeah i don't sense yeah that. you're very zen 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. I know. And I used to fight that a lot. I used to feel like, well, maybe I'm too this, you know, da, 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 but that's just who I am. I'm pretty um, mellow. Oh, oh. Well, you know, we live so close and I know there's other people that we both follow and get followed by on, on Instagram. It would be so fun to like, to get together in the city once this yes. global pandemic is done. And I would love that so, so much. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It was such a great um, conversation to have with you. I yeah. love your podcast and you have such a calming vibe yourself. <laughs> Okay. When yeah. I'm not getting like hyper excited about recovery, that's what, like, I have to edit oh. myself out usually in the episodes because I get too, <laughs> I get too excited that's about so it. Cool. Yeah. And I, you know, what else I just wanted to say too, that, um, make that point just one more time. Like, you know, people that are taking like gray area drinkers Yeah. at first, I'm like, Oh, I don't relate. That's okay. You know, I feel like if they can hear my story and realize they don't need to become a quote unquote alcoholic. You know, I'm fine calling myself that some people aren't, that's fine too. Right. Um, you know, I hope that I can help in that way. You know, at first I was torn. I'm like, my story's so extreme. I'll stick with that side, but no, I want it to be that people see that they don't need to go this far because it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, um, it's the truth. And yeah. I appreciate you being so transparent because it does help people that, you know, that yeah. if, if somebody out there, I would say is like, they're having issues with their liver, you know, consider, yeah. consider, you know, giving sobriety a try because it, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's really a better way of, 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 it's an easier, softer way of living. And Aaron, yeah. you are a solid example of that. Thank so. you. Thank okay, you, so before before I close it up, I just have to ask mm -hmm. you because I did this with, with another guest of mine, and I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. What were the last three songs that you listened to? Okay, so I'm a little kooky. I listened to Philip Glass, who's a contemporary composer, and I actually listened this morning. There's this like adagio violin concerto number two, and it really is beautiful. Eight minutes. It's everything. Adagio, or no, Violin Concerto Number Two, Philip Glass. Um, and then before that, let's see. I've been playing some jazz vocals for Lucy, so I think I had on some like Ella Fitzgerald type of music. And before that, da 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 da. da, da. I think it was some Christmas music that was playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, wow, I love you're very, music though. I love Well, it music. sounds like you're a very sophisticated um, palette, I would say. Um, and know, does music. that come from your ballerina day? Like when you were a dancer? Yeah, I used to dance and I like music just drove me for a lot. Like yeah. what, I used, I mean, it kind of speaks to my soul. So I love music. Yeah. It's why I danced for a long time. It's just, I love it. Do you hear it differently yeah. now? Like, I know that when I got sober, like the cobwebs cleared and my senses were just like, bam, like. Yeah, most definitely. There was a time in my early drinking where I thought the drinking heightened how I heard it. You know, I felt yeah. so creative and all that. And then, you know, that doesn't last. So then it numbed everything to the point where I didn't care about music and dance. And that's another, it's for another conversation. But I do feel like when I gave dance up, that was very sad because um, mm. of, probably because of drinking, but um, 
but yeah, so now when I hear music, it's very emotional because it brings back like missing dance, but also just, you know, it's such a beautiful soul speaking vehicle. It really <laughs> yeah, is. It yeah. does sound different for sure. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, good. Well, you'll be dancing to music into 2021 for sure yeah. with all you have in store or and planned for your daughter. I'm just so excited for you. And I can't wait to see you. Um, in the next yes. meeting. Yes, I will see you sooner than later. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> terrific. Well, thank you again so much. Thanks, Sarah, it was so great. Have a great day, okay? You too, happy new year. Thanks, happy new year. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.